do you have any cool like client testimonials of people that maybe came to you at the end of their rope and you were finally the practitioner that was kind of able to help them resolve whatever they were dealing with? I do. Yeah, I do. I have, I have quite a few actually. I've, <laughs> I, went, I went online because um, I, I was, I was told, I wondered if I had any testimonials and I went and counted. I have 44 testimonials on my website right now. So um, yes, I, I actually end up, I, I tend to be a practitioner that a lot of people do come to that I've been on a journey for a while. Um, you know, I, I have a client who came to me with similar, very similar story. Uh, we actually have a lot in common to the fact that to even like our education background and stuff like that. And she um, had been dealing with severe anxiety and uh, chronic migraines, and we were able to completely shift that for her. I think she was, when we stopped working together at the end of our time, we got she was only dealing with like a migraine here and there. I mean, where she was getting them sometimes for days on end. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev. Uh, I keep forgetting to do a lot of things, Kim, so bear with me as I do them. One thing is that there's a ton of people that watch these or listen to them that are listening for the first time. If they're wondering why the heck I'm on here, it's not just because I love hearing myself talk, although admittedly I do. It's actually because I have uh, my own health journey that FDN was able to uh, really be a major part of. I had seven different diagnosed conditions at the age of 18, went through other health coaching programs that supported me, but didn't get me to where I wanted to go. And then FDN, thank God for me, was the thing that with the lab tests, with the system, I was able to get me to a place in my health where I can sit here today and say, I don't meet the diagnostic criteria for any of those seven conditions anymore, which is freaking amazing, right? And just so you guys know, even if we can get uh, you know 80% better, that's fantastic. But to not meet the diagnostic criteria of stuff that you thought you were going to have forever. Uh, that's that's about as good as it gets. Uh, today, though, we have our friend Kim Heinz. She was actually on way back when, and I'm not, I have no idea what episode number that was, but we did an HTMA test analysis, which is hair tissue mineral analysis, analysis. <laughs> you know, I kind of said that twice, I guess. But uh, that was an excellent episode, but I promised we'd have her back on eventually to tell her story. Normally, people share their story first, and then we do something more specific. So we're kind of doing it backwards. And if you are on live with us, I see some people uh, coming in. You may ask questions. I might not do them until about 30, 40 minutes in after we get to hear from Kim and her story, but we will will always answer questions if they are live. And then if you're listening on uh, listening to this on audio and we're like, wait, I missed the live. Why didn't I get to see that? Just make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube and Facebook. You can see these things here. So a right, little bit about Kim to preface this. She is an FDN who primarily helps her clients reverse debilitating gut issues. She has been an FDN for 4.5 years, but her own health journey began long before that. She began getting migraines early in life, and they intensified in her 20s to the point where she was getting them three to five times a week. That is not fun. Migraines were never a main symptom for me, but I got them at like five, six years old. That is a different ball game than the headaches thing. I don't think people really get that unless they've been through that three to five times a week. That's a nightmare. Uh, when she was 28, she had a migraine that lasted an entire year straight. Okay, got to talk about that. On top of this, she dealt with a myriad of other symptoms, including insomnia, brain fog, chronic fatigue, anxiety, and depression. She was told by a doctor that she would have to deal with chronic migraines for the rest of her life. Determined to not accept that fate, she ultimately found the functional health space and it changed her life. Through functional lab testing, she uncovered a lot of gut issues, food sensitivities, and nutrient imbalances. 
through addressing these, she no longer gets migraines and all the other symptoms disappeared as well. Not only did her symptoms disappear, but she has taken things to a completely different level. In addition to running her business, she is also a top competitor in long distance mountain biking. That's awesome to not know that. Uh, in the Midwest of the United States, often taking a podium spot. She feels better at 42 than she ever did at 32 and even 22. Her own life-changing experience is what led her to become an FDN so that she could help others experience the same freedom she has. And for those watching live, my reaction is genuine. I actually, maybe this is stupid. I don't read the bios beforehand because I want it to be genuine, but it really stinks if there's a grammatical error and then I mess up. So thank you for having perfect grammar. Welcome back to the Health Detective Podcast, my friend. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to see you again. And uh, I love HTMA, so I was glad we got to talk about that last winter, but now it's good to be back and share my story. Yeah. And so we always start the story-based podcasts in the exact same way. I mean, obviously we got a, a little hint of this with your bio, but I'm sure there's more to dissect there and unpack. When did these first health symptoms, like any symptom, uh, begin for you? And what exactly did that look like? Was it just the stuff in the bio or was there, there were some other things that were going on prior to that? Um, my migraines were the first thing that I remember. And I was eight or nine years old. I distinctly remember visiting my paternal grandmother and missing out on all of the activities for the weekend because I was laying on the couch with like a washcloth over my eyes and just being in immense pain. And so that that was the first thing that started for me. And then it just all the other things just came about over the years from there. Okay. And then just really to define this for people, because you know I never want this to be a podcast where we're dwelling on the things that we dealt with, but I, I do think this is a place to validate uh, the experiences of individuals and also uh, connect with others and let the listeners know that the people that are on here really get what they're talking about. So I'm assuming, that could be wrong, but I'm assuming if you've had migraines this bad in your life, uh, you've also probably had what would be defined as a headache, or at the very least, you would know how to differentiate between the two. So for those out there that think like, oh, well, I get headaches. You know, I, I take an Advil for it and I'm good to go in an hour or two. What is the difference between the normal or standard headache and something that's an actual migraine? What's the difference in feelings and symptoms? Yeah. And it, the, the first thing is, is that migraines show up differently for different people. So I'm just going to share my experience. But like what you just said, I take an Advil and I'm good to go in a couple hours. That's not the case with migraines. Like Advil doesn't really do, never did like made much of a dent in my migraines for me. And yeah, I have had headaches in the past. So I do tell the difference for me. It's like, I would, I could feel it coming on. I could kind of feel it building in like my neck and behind my eye. And I would start to get very nauseous, uh, light sensitivity to the point where like I was wearing, I would have to wear sunglasses inside. My nerves would hurt. Like and that is such a weird because I, I, I don't I never dealt with like chronic like like body pain like that, really. Um, <clears throat> but I could feel like my nerves, like I wanted to crawl out of my skin almost um, as those things would come on. And then the, all of those things would intensify. I only got there's this thing called auras. Um, I would only I only got auras a few times. But so my experience with auras is, isn't really there. But like the, the nausea, like I would also would like sometimes I would like almost lose vision in one of my eyes um, where I would, or would get blurry in that eye. Um, Cause most of my migraines were very much on my right side of my body. Um, I very rarely got them on my left side. It was weird sometimes when they did jump, but it was mostly a right-sided thing. And so those things would intensify to the point where I really like, because I got them so frequently in my twenties, especially in early thirties, I, I would try to work, I would power through, but I was usually pretty miserable and, and not, <laughs> not really at my best, if you will, during those types of things. So a lot of times just making it to the end of the day or as, as late in the day as I could, um, taking a prescription migraine medication, laying in a dark room and sleeping it off was basically my way of trying to mitigate it. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes I woke up and started it all over again. Yeah, it's such a weird thing hearing all these different symptoms and stories, like getting to host this podcast, because it's always like a grass is greener on the other side thing. Like there's some people that, you know, might not get how serious this is uh, because of what they have. And then it's like vice versa. This is a debilitating thing. I mean, yeah. to power through the day is, is pretty damn impressive because for some people that are dealing with these things, and I'm sure you've had this, it's like, this, guys, this can induce vomiting. I mean, you're, you're in so much pain that you're actually sick to your stomach. Uh, it's really not a joke. I wouldn't, I've had headaches like that, let alone the migraines. Uh, it kind of becomes your main focus. It's hard to do other things while this is going on. 
And this started for you, like you said, at eight to nine years old. It got really bad in the 20s. Between, let's say, roughly eight and and those 20s, were there other health symptoms that you had or was it always this uh, back to these migraines? Yeah, um, I started to, and I didn't know what this was at the time, but I started dealing with a lot of depression, uh, specifically when I was in my like, you know, uh, middle school years and into high school, a lot of anxiety came on probably in my late high school years and into college, like I dealt with that really bad, honestly, and I didn't even know what anxiety was at the time, I just knew I was constantly on edge and stressed and and, and worried about everything all the time. Um, those were the primary symptoms that I experienced. I had, I had some insomnia and stuff too, I would say, but I also sometimes think that might've been self-induced going into high school and college. But later in the year, later in like my twenties and early thirties, I think, uh, or I know it was, I, I couldn't go to sleep no matter how hard I tried. So, um, yeah, but up until my twenties, I think the anxiety and depression were the biggest things that came alongside the migraines. Okay. So a lot of those other things that were listed in your bio were kind of, you know, stacking on over time, which again, really, really common theme, something I relate to something almost everyone on this podcast relates to. It might start out with one or two main things, but if we aren't aware of how to get like that natural help for it at the time, which who the heck is the first time they have a symptom, all this other stuff starts coming up over times until the point that you can't really ignore it. And then just to be clear, so we continue with the story, it was this migraine that lasted for a freaking year that was maybe a, a huge wake up call. Uh, I mean, first let's define what the heck does that even mean? Like literally a year you're in constant pain or just every day it's happening. What does that actually mean? Yeah. For the way it showed up for me is most mornings I would wake up with either a dull pain the nausea and all those other symptoms I talked about weren't really there yet, but throughout the day it just got progressively worse until I was just, you know, not functional. Um, sometimes I would miss work or I'd work from home at that time I was working in corporate. And so, um, you know, remote work was, so this was 2010 was when this happened. And so, you know, remote work was, was a little bit more common at that time. Um, and, it just, it just repeated itself day in and day out for that entire year. And it basically was just, like I said, it just built throughout the day till, till I really couldn't handle it. And so I would, I would go to work. I would, I was, I've always been an athlete. So I would try to work out um, first thing in the morning. Cause that was the only time I could actually get a workout in. Cause there's no way I was going to get a workout in later in the day. Um, so I might go to the gym and lift weights for 30 minutes or something like do a couple mile run if I wanted to, something like that. Um, but by the end of the day, it was come home and I was married at the time and my husband at the time would, you know, cook dinner for me. And I basically would just lay on the couch, um, and maybe research how to fix migraines, um, was in a lot of online forums at the time. Uh, there weren't Facebook groups and stuff like that weren't as pot, weren't really a thing back then, but a lot of online forums and blogs and stuff like that. That's, yeah. that was basically all consuming for the better part of a year. Yeah, that was, a, I think it probably is still uh, kind of big, I would imagine, even outside of Facebook. But that was really a thing back in the day, especially before Facebook. There was all these forums for specific conditions. They had it for acne. I, obviously, they had it for migraines as well. So I uh, definitely... It's like cool that people are congregating, trying to help, but man, it's sad what you see on some of the forums because people are trying some crazy things sometimes without results. You already talked about in your bio that obviously you got into the functional space. You're an FDN. I get that. I'm fascinated. It's one of my favorite concepts and questions on this show of how people make this transition mentally or paradigm wise into looking into these things, because this is not the default. The default is go to Western medicine, take the medications, which no one here is condemning. Obviously for you, it didn't work or it wasn't a complete solution. At what point do you start like really realizing I have to think outside the box with this and maybe do something I haven't done before? Uh, like what, when do you make that leap into more natural things or functional things, whatever we want to call them? Uh, it was actually several years later. Uh, at the time I was plugged into the coaching world a bit because I had picked up a side hobby of building websites and helping coaches with the tech in their business. And just through knowing people and seeing, you know, everyone was fronting each other on Facebook at the time I saw somebody posted something um, 
And I had just been to the doctor again. And, you know, at that point, my migraines were only back down to a few times a week. And the doctor had offered me a different medication. And I was just like, here we go again, because I had taken all the medications at that point, I felt like. Um, and it was right after I had been to that doctor's visit where I just felt like here I, here I am getting put back into that cycle again, where I saw this person posting about a program that this woman was running. And I wasn't really looking to invest in anything, but I felt, I read her sales page and I felt like, oh my gosh, this woman wrote this for me. I need to do this program. And Good <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I, I told her that too. Um, it was amazing. And literally like I, like I worked with her, she had like a group program that was to go through the holidays at the time. And after I did that program, I like noticed some changes in myself. I would say I'd starting to, at the time I was dealing with really bad fatigue too. So I uh, saw some as that and I, we had a call and I just, I told her what was going on with the migraines and she's like, I know I can help you. And so I ended up working with her one-on-one -on -one after that. And I signed up with her in maybe mid-February and I would say by April, my migraines had gone from about three times a week to a couple times a month. And I would say within six months, I was getting maybe one a month, maybe one every couple of months um, after I found FDN uh, a little bit later, a year later or so. And I did some additional functional testing and got to some more underlying root cause like that was the thing that really like solidified it. So, but I, I attribute the start of my journey into this functional health space by just scrolling on Facebook one night and seeing that post. Oh, okay. Wow. So, and by the way, thank you. You just gave me my clip for social media. That's for sure. That's an amazing testimonial, right? I think people will really resonate with that. But, um, so you, it was no nature paths first or anything like that. It's I'm scrolling. I see something that talks to me. I'm just going to take the leap. Cause at that point, what do you have to lose? I suppose uh, you've already tried. Yeah. I, I didn't even really know what a naturopath was. Um, I had looked at doing like a, there's migraine clinics and stuff. I thought about going to those, but I just, just didn't have the energy or what have you. And I, I don't know. It was just, it, there was something that spoke to me and I was like, I, and it was deep in my core and I was like, I have to do this. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. I know this isn't a business episode, but it's worth just planting the seed for people because we do talk about the business side of health coaching a lot. And, you know, a lot of people, as you probably get, cause you're experienced, they're very resistant to the whole idea of like a niche or talking to one specific person. But guys, this is why you do it because you, I mean, you literally said it. I felt like she was talking to me. That's the point. It's not to manipulate that person into buying something. It's to let them know that you can freaking help them. And thank God that person yeah. did that. That's beautiful. That's how you do business. You let them know that you can help them and you deliver on that promise. Uh, once you get on the call and then start working yeah. together, but you took it a step further than a lot of people. You decided, Hey, I'm going to go do something like FDN. When you pursued that, was that, um, was that to kind of like get that final bit figured out? Or did you kind of have an idea that maybe I want to do this as work? Cause people come to FDN for both. Yeah. Reasons. I mean, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to turn the tech side of the, the side business I was doing into a full-time thing. hundred percent knew that. Um, I was pretty happy in my corporate job at the time. Uh, but I knew I wanted something different, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do health, but I knew I said to myself when I signed up, I was like, you know what, if the worst thing that this does is let me help myself and I don't help a single other person, then it's the best money I could ever spend. And if I turn it into something else and I can help other people, then amazing. And, um, you know, going through all of the training and working with the mentors and, and just being part of the whole process and seeing the the transformations other people were experiencing and then just tuning in deeper into my own transformation and seeing the migraines go away completely i i was like i there we have to get this knowledge out i spent so much time on the internet looking for this stuff and i couldn't i couldn't i i was at the time there wasn't as much information and i still at the time felt like there isn't there wasn't enough people spreading the message like hey there are alternatives you don't have to if the conventional medicine model isn't working for you as well as you'd like it to be, maybe there's there's other areas that need to be explored to make that whole well-rounded picture for yourself to get the results that you desire. That's amazing. That's very similar. I got into FDN 
honestly never really with a 1% thought that I wanted to go do this as work, I don't think. But I came in because I looked at it as a program that could help me as well. And for those that don't know, we do include labs in the cost of tuition, actually more so now than ever before, like people get way more labs than you and I got. It's like four or five at this point uh, versus like two, I think back then. So you really get the full FDN program tuition, which is amazing. Now, you know, looking back, would I change anything? No, but I think you and I were on track. We had done self-healing first before we got into FDN. I I don't know that I'd be starting FDN on my sickest day. I'll I'll put it that way. But if you made some progress and you're feeling good enough to get through a course and you can manage that time in your schedule, that's a good time. That's an okay and appropriate time to go through something like FDN. But I I love this uh, revelation that you had. You're going through this. You're realizing the message isn't out there enough. Uh, It's what happened to me. Now they can't freaking get rid of me, right? I sound like a dad because I just make this joke all the time that I went through this. Now they can't get rid of me. But literally for those of us that went through our specific conditions or symptoms and we didn't get help and we couldn't even find answers, even when we were going online and going away from Western medicine, when you finally find that formula that can help you, I think it is the most natural human thing in the world to say, I want to go do this for other people. I want them to know. I always say I want a level playing field. I don't give a crap what choice you take. If you want to use the medication from the doctor, please do that. That's a decision you need to make. If you want to get a surgery that you don't have to, I mean, that's not my preference, but again, you could do that. What I don't want is for someone like you, Kim, to be going into doctor after doctor, getting offered medication after medication. And never once hearing that, have you looked at the food sensitivities? Have you looked at the gut stuff? So everyone should be entitled to their uh, choice, but they need to actually make a choice, right? And they have to have options for a choice to be made. So you graduate FDN, you decide you want to do this. That's awesome. Uh, Was it shortly afterwards? Like, were you starting the business side of this and coaching side of it immediately after graduating? Or was there a bit of a transition? No, there was no transition. Like I, cause I liked what you said, like you wanted to like spread the message and what you're just saying, like I wanted to shout it from the rooftops and I couldn't, I wanted to graduate as soon as I could once I like really realized I wanted to do this. And so I had two or three test clients or like friends that I had reached out to that I was just, as soon as I was graduated, I said, I want to, let's do this process on you. Um, we'll take you through it. I'll get some good practice and then I can turn it into a business. And so, um, yeah, and I, I did, I, so I had, I had clients waiting for me to get that certificate and, you know, I worked with them for a few months, figured out how I wanted to set myself up and started working with paying clients within a few months after that. Excellent. Very nice. See, it can be, I don't want to say easy, but it can definitely be that simple, right? We don't want to overcomplicate this. You can plenty of go up, plenty of people to go out and help. We don't need to sit with this forever, like hide this knowledge, right? I think people don't realize how many other individuals there are out there suffering that are just waiting for someone like us to come across their feed, just like that woman came across for yours. Uh, So an audience member actually beat me to my next question here. And the question is, what were some of the things that helped you the most? And I would add to this in the sense that it's clear that this woman helped you very much so. But then you also mentioned that FDN kind of maybe got those final parts for you. So yeah, I'd love to hear from from both that practitioner and an FDN perspective. Like, what were the main things that helped you get to a point where you can say you don't deal with this? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and and right. And like 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 we talked about earlier too, like the migraines were a, a big piece, but then also the all the other symptoms that you listed off because when I signed up with her, I was dealing with because I want to make I think this will this will help make my point about what what those things were that helped me. Um, I was dealing with brain fog, still dealing with anxiety, depression, uh, insomnia. So I actually have a slide that I've put up in presentations I've done and I list out like 24 symptoms or something like that. And I think 15 of them, I always be like, how many, how many symptoms do you have? Raise your hand. And, uh, I have, I had 15 of them. So there were a lot of different symptoms I was dealing with at the time. And so I saw really good progress working with this woman and we worked, we did start working on the gut. Like that was where we started. But when I ran the labs through FDN, I uncovered beyond just general gut health, we uncovered these underlying root causes that we talk about so much when, when we refer to FDN. And so I saw that I had a pretty significant H. pylori overgrowth. I had a pretty bad dysbiosis, leaky gut. I had hormonal imbalances, estrogen dominance, lots of food sensitivities to foods I was eating every day, like healthy foods, spinach and ground turkey and um, strawberries were like three things I was eating fairly regularly. And I was dealing, you know, obviously those weren't helping at all. 
um, which is amazing. You know, food sensitivities, no matter, even if it's a healthy food, may not be healthy for you. Um, and so those were the big things later on. You know, we go back to the conversation you and I had earlier this year about HTMA. I learned that I also had copper toxicity, a pretty significant calcium shell, like uh, high calcium in the tissue buildup and really low magnesium, sodium, potassium. And so all those things combined were were working together against me, if you will, to lead to all of these different symptoms. Um, so those that's what I uncovered through the testing. Uh, amazing. And so I know anytime we post something that's more specific, because, you know, on this title for the live, you know, we kind of have it as a more general thing, but I know for the audio version, I'm going to put migraines right in the title so that people that are out there suffering know to click on this and they can say, what the heck's going on with me? So I'd love to break this down a little further. What are some common themes that you see uh, with your own clients? I'm sure you've attracted plenty of people with the migraine thing. I'm sure you work with others as well, but with migraines specifically, are there patterns that might be more unique to those individuals that you're seeing on the labs? Um, is it identical to what was happening to you or are there other patterns you've noticed over time with these people who deal with this stuff? Yeah, um, I do attract a lot of people. I talk, I talk a lot about gut health on my on my Instagram account. That's where I primarily show up. And, you know, there's a lot of connection to the gut and migraines. And so I see a lot of people who have migraines who also have anxiety. And we do see a lot of the similar patterns. I do see H. pylori pretty, pretty frequently in my practice, I would say. 70 to 80% of my clients do have some sort of H. pylori overgrowth and dysbiosis, leaky gut tends to run pretty strong. Um, digestive insufficiency, like you know, low digestive enzymes, poor immune function, things like that. I do see it's a pretty typical pattern in my practice. Uh, nutrient imbalances are pretty common as well. I do HTMA on all my clients as well. And uh, we do see that. I do see a fair amount of copper um, sometimes deficiency, sometimes toxicity, um, a mix of that. And so I, I do work with that. Estrogen dominance is also pretty common. So yeah, pretty similar patterns to myself, um, with regards to that and, um, and, and, and kind of what we find through testing. Okay. So say I'm a lay person and maybe I'm smart enough, but you know, I don't have any background in these things and like, okay, there's a lot going on here. You know, I want to work on this stuff. Obviously one of the main ways is they can go work with someone like you and we'll shout that out at the end where people can find you. Or if you're listening to this, it's already in the show notes. So check it out there. But you know, in terms of action steps that they can take and really, I guess even more importantly, understanding what we're getting at here, this might be completely new to them. No one has ever told them necessarily that any of the things that you just listed off could be a contributing factor to the migraine thing. And I'm not necessarily expecting, uh, you know, some PhD level answer here, but I'm actually curious myself, a migraine is intense pain. There's a ton going on. And again, if I'm a lay person, I'm not necessarily understanding the connection fully. So what is the, the mechanism, if you have an understanding of this, what is the mechanism by which people are having these migraines triggered? Like, why would something in the gut necessarily lead to intense pain that can be unbearable or even induce vomiting or just be debilitating? That's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because not all migraines show up as pain either, um, which is always, you can, but you know, you have a migraine, right? Because you have all these other symptoms too. Um, but it, it's a neurological condition. And I always like to use the bucket theory with that. Um, one thing I didn't mention is mold too. I do probably see mold in about half my clients as well, mold and mycotoxins. But like, you know, we think of, of if you're already predisposed to migraines, you know, and they say like, Hey, once you have migraines, you've been diagnosed with migraines, you're going to have them for the rest of your life, which, you know, I'm, I'm going on six years now with no migraines. So nice. um, uh, close, oh, I guess five and a half years, but, um, the, the, the bucket theory is, is that you're predisposed. Right. And actually I have a bucket right here. I did not, right, plan this. <laughs> I did not plan this. I have a goal to make a reel with this and it just happens to be in my office. <laughs> just good practice. Good practice. <laughs> so, anyway, so here's your bucket, right? And so when you spill over the bucket, that's when you experience migraine, right? And so you have to think about all the things that go into this bucket. You think about, first of all, all your daily stressors in life, work stress, family stress, stress with friends, coworkers, whatever, right? Uh, then you also have to think about the other things we've talked about here, gut infections and food sensitivities, poor sleep, you know, all the different types of stressors that you can have. And some days your threshold is really low and it spills over and you have a migraine. Whereas other times, and this is why sometimes if you eat a food, it doesn't, you know, there's all this thing about 
migraine triggers and food triggers and stuff. It, sometimes it causes it and sometimes it doesn't cause it. Well, it might not be that the food itself is the problem. It's just that, you know, you were already so close to the edge. That's why it spilled over versus a different day. It didn't spill over. And so that's why it can feel so inconsistent. And so the, the idea behind this is, is we need to lower our threshold. And that's what I've done through the work I've done through FBN and continue to do on myself to support my body so that I don't go back to this, this spillover. And so the idea is, is to work on reducing that load through eliminating all the different stressors on the body. And so we do that through a whole 360 degree approach through addressing you know, removing inflammatory foods on the diet, making sure your detoxification system is working properly, getting good sleep. And if you're not sleeping well, how do we optimize sleep so that you can start to sleep better? Um, you know, addressing pathogens or nutrient deficiencies and things like that. And as we start to lower the burden on the body, the frequency of the migraines ideally is going to go down. Yeah. Well, and it's a perfect analogy because in a sense, it's just worded differently. This is FDN 101, right? The idea that we have all these things going on, stressors, then they start contributing to each other. And you might not ever even figure out the root cause hundred percent or the root cause might be misleading. I love what you said about the food thing, right? I think a lot of people, even myself, sometimes I can still fall into this trap. You might think it's this one thing, but really it's only this one thing if your bucket's full. If your bucket was not filled up, you might be able to have uh, do this food no problem or do this other thing without a problem. So all this to say, it, is it realistic then that a lot of the migraine stuff, just like many of the symptoms or disease states people get into that go through FDN or don't go through FDN but are still dealing with it, is, is there a genetic component likely here that is getting activated by that bucket being too filled? So just like some people will never get a headache in their life, but they could still get cancer and all these other things. Another person might get autoimmunity. All of their buckets are way too filled. It just leads to a manifestation of different symptoms based yeah. on their unique makeup. Yeah. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Okay. All right. Someone said the bucket threshold makes so much sense. Yeah. I really, I really like that. Even if you're on audio, that's still a great visual to think about. I think that's really useful for clients too, because we always have to take these super sciencey nerdy things and break it down for them in such a way that makes sense. And if I'm a client that helps me, I'm like, all right, how, you know, bad's my bucket right now. And it's like, well, I didn't sleep. I slept four hours. I didn't eat well. <laughs> you know, I drank over the weekend. Holy crap. The bucket's just piling on. So yeah. you've worked with uh, plenty of clients. You graduated, like you said, uh, four and a half years ago, which is amazing. I, I always like to ask this if we can, do you have any, if you're able to share, do you have any cool, like client testimonials of people that maybe came to you at the end of their rope and you were finally the practitioner that was kind of able to help them resolve whatever they were dealing with? I do. Yeah, I do. I have, I have quite a few actually. I've, <laughs> I, went, I went online because um, I, I was, I was told, I wondered if I had any testimonials and I went and counted. I have 44 testimonials on my website right now. So um, yes, I, I actually end up, I, I tend to be a practitioner that a lot of people do come to that I've been on a journey for a while. Um, you know, I, I have a client who came to me with similar, very similar story uh, we actually have a lot in common to the fact that to even like our education background and stuff like that. And she, um, had been dealing with severe anxiety and, uh, chronic migraines, and we were able to completely shift that for her. I think she was, when we stopped working together at the end of our time, we got, she was only dealing with like a migraine here and there. I mean, where she was getting them sometimes for days on end. So that that's one, um, another Another story is about a woman who came to me and she'd been dealing with chronic diarrhea for 17 years to the point where she had not, she had to give up everything that she loved. She wasn't really able to like, you know, go anywhere without making sure she knew where all the restrooms were going to be. And she used to be really into horseback riding and couldn't do that. And within two months after 17 years of chronic diarrhea, she, you know, was able to completely eradicate that. Sure. She got back into horseback riding and just like completely changed through like 180 degree turn in her life. And so um, those are I've got like I said, I've got plenty more stories, but those are a couple that really stand out um, for me. And I guess I have one more um, that just happened. A client she had been trying. She'd been seeing practitioners in the functional health space for like eight years. And last May, she started seeing even more issues and um, her hair started to fall out and stuff. So she reached out to me and we worked together and we found that she actually had mold and we just retested her mold um, and everything's clear hundred percent. Like it was such a, a wonderful, like 
test to get back just to see like compared side by side what they were versus where they are now um, on the markers. And she's obviously feeling significantly better too. So just, it just, it excites me so much to like, <laughs> to, to, to just see these, see people experience this kind of freedom, which we talk about because that's, that's why we're here. Yeah, I was actually curious, you know, especially for people on the audio. Um, if you're on video, let me know in the chat if you saw this, because what I noticed is, you know, we've been having more of a casual conversation the entire time. So kind of neutral looks for both of us. And the second I asked you about the testimonials, I love people who love their work because you lit up. You got like a, a kid smile on your face where you're like, oh, yeah, this is amazing that you can go deliver this to other people now and, and help them in the same way. That's the... Uh, that's the whole point of this. So what is your favorite test to run now? I know that you came on for the HTMA, uh, but someone in the audience had asked. So I I'm curious, like if it's really tough and it's kind of a, I, I won't say immature, that's not the right word, but it's not a great question in a certain sense from an FDN perspective. But if you do have a favorite test, what would you say it is? Yeah. Well, and to just finish what we were just talking about, like sure. I actually like felt like myself choke up a little bit as I was talking because <laughs> I just get so excited. Um, but as far as my favorite test, that's tough. I I love the GI map. I I just I really love that test. I just I think it's really fascinating that especially the way it correlates with people's symptoms. But I also am partial to the HTMA, like we talked about a few months ago on this podcast, because there's so much correlation too. Um, so it's really hard. I'd say it's a tie between the two. And if like you know people only have a certain amount of 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 funds to be able to run tests. I think those both those paired together can just be amazing. Um, just because they, they really help. I, I know I see a lot of change with people with those. Very cool. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask too, again, in this, in the spirit of knowing that people with migraines are listening right now, hoping for something here, I'm sure many people are interested in the labs. Uh, maybe they're looking for something more immediate. And I think that's just wise always from our perspective on the podcast, because if we can give them something that works, uh, you know, then that builds that trust. They know, okay, cool. These people know what they're talking about. So with the migraine specifically, how I want to word this is I know sometimes, obviously we're using science 90% of the time, but there's also like anecdotes that come up in the world of functional medicine where you kind of just notice that like certain people do really well. If they do certain things, you might not be able to prove it a hundred percent, but stuff that I've heard through the grapevine as someone who does not work uh, really anytime with people who have migraines, I don't think I've ever had that in my practice. Uh, oh, many of the things that I've heard through the grapevine are like certain red light techniques. Like I've heard of people wearing these special glasses that flash red light. Um, gluten was a huge one, which I mean, kind of go figure. That's like a huge one for a lot of us. But are there any like maybe secret tips such as those where you're like, if I had migraines again, I would definitely be trying to do this thing or th these things. Even if you can't do the lab testing, you can't do the coaching right now. I would definitely go give this a shot because it seems to work a lot of the times. Yeah. I mean, I think just the foundational things I think are huge. And, and that's why I talk about gut health so much, because I feel like the gut is so rooted in so many of the health issues that we um ex people experience and so i always you know i think gl gluten is really inflammatory for many people uh, depending on who you ask like dr tom he believes it's inflammatory for everybody uh so eliminating it in, in the right way i think can be very helpful it was a game changer for me i know i didn't mention that earlier but um that was a food sensitivity for myself uh, something else that i think is really helpful for people because dehydration tends to also be like a under talked about trigger for, for, for a lot of people with, with migraines and, and anxiety too, and in, in other health conditions is waking up, putting up a, a pinch of sea salt with some lemon and some warm water. That's like the simplest thing you can do. If you think about it, you were sleeping hopefully for eight hours. You haven't drank anything in eight hours. So you're dehydrated when you wake up. And if you can do that, which is going to stimulate your digestion, your liver, your adrenals, it's going to give you some good nutrients and also start to hydrate you. I mean, I think that that can really start your day off on the right foot. So, um, and then other things just, you know, I know Joe just said in the, in the chat, lifestyle changes for sure. Just really thinking about how you can do little things. One of my favorite sayings that I, a business coach that I had years ago says, and she still says to this day is, you know, little things add up in your favor over time. And so we're always looking for the big thing. But if we can really focus on the little things, doing these things and being consistent with these things over and over and over again are going to add up in 
in your favor over time and hopefully lower that threshold hold that threshold for you. It's a really good way to say it. And, you know, sometimes it is fun to dive into the labs and the, and the supplements and these therapies that we can use. It, it's like sexy, right? It's, it's good for clicks and good for advertisements. But a lot of the most profound stories of healing that I've heard on this show, including my own, it's just changing what you're doing and like really sticking to that. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that you can't ever go away from your routine. We don't want to become neurotic, but uh, there's a certain level of acceptance, I believe, that needs to come around we are not doing as a society what we are supposed to be doing. So stepping away from that is not you being inherently neurotic or weird. Like you're doing the right thing, right? We shouldn't be staring at screens past dark. So you're not the weird one for either going to bed early or wearing the red light or blue light glasses, but red tints, right? And stuff like that. It looks weird to society, but the truth of the matter is we're the ones trying to do it how we were meant to do it. And a lot of my best progress, it comes slowly. Uh, those initial things that happen in the first functional medicine protocols, whether it's removing a food, running a test, you might feel 70, 80% better in the first few months. I always say this, yeah. but that last 10 to 20% for a lot of people, especially if you've been sick for a while, I mean, my gosh, you had symptoms for decades before you really dove into this. Guys, that takes time. And when I say it takes time, it means doing those seemingly small, seemingly insignificant things over a long period of time, making sure you're getting to bed on time, making sure you're eating the right food. So I appreciate you saying that because especially with something as um, intense as a migraine, of course, I can totally understand and empathize with someone who wants the quick answer, but it's really, okay, let's change this stuff and let's stick to it. Let's make a, a dedication to just shifting our lifestyles around permanently, right? Yeah. And that's, and that when someone starts working with me, you know, we're not waiting for the labs. We start working on those little foundational things. You know, Tracy says little hinges swing big doors. Love that. Like nice. Love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. And so we start on day one with all these foundational things because you're setting your body up for success. And, and we're looking, you know, little things, like you said, little things are going to add up in your favor over time. And so if you can start working on those things right away, like it's only going to just make, get, get you to the, you know, your goal a lot faster and get you to that 70, 80% faster. So, and then obviously we keep working to, till we get to that, you know, to the goal that we can get to, you know, so. Sure. If we yeah. can for like the last um five to seven minutes here, I only because this is such a cool story with someone who not only has a, a very real health side, but you also nailed the business side. And you know, we kind of get mixes of uh, guests on where they might be really good at one and, and not so much the other. But we get plenty like yourself as well. But I like to take these times to uh, show people what the FDN program can do, because if they've been listening 40 minutes in, I'm sure they're maybe interested in how they could go do this, whether it's yeah. for self-healing or helping others or both. Most likely it's going to be both. That's like 99% of people uh, that come here. So you went from someone that, from my understanding, did not have a uh, a huge background in business. I know you were creating things for other people. So maybe that was uh, more your own business type of thing, but you finish the certification, you decide this is what you want to do and you go out running with it. So is this now what you do full time? Are you just FDN and, and practicing on your own? Yep. hundred percent. Nice. And how long has that been going on? Uh, roughly speaking, where it's been a full time type of thing? Um, uh, really a couple months, really. I was still doing, I still had my toe in a couple other things, if you will. Um, but like the last couple months, like I made that like just like jump to I said, yep, this is this is it, this is it. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna do this full time. I don't want my I don't want to be distracted with other things. It was more more based on fear of like letting go of who I used to be or what I used to do. Um, but I finally made that decision a few months nice. ago and, and started working towards that. Well, and then just to be clear, and, and whatever the answer is, is the answer it doesn't matter. So. The fact that it was only a few months ago, was that then, you, I mean, you even just said possibly fear. Was that then more a hesitancy that was self-imposed and you actually could have done this full-time a while ago? Would that, is that fair yeah. to say? <laughs> yeah, I kept, I kept coming up with reasons why I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was doing it very full-time. I mean, I was working full-time. I was also working another full-time um, gig where I was, I was just working like a lot, which is obviously goes against maybe some of the lifestyle stuff we talk about sometimes, but I was really just trying to get past that fear and also kind of work through some of the mindset stuff because I had a career that I, I did enjoy and I, I know was having trouble saying goodbye to that. But once I like really made that decision, I actually declared it a few months ago, everything fell into place and it really 
was a lot easier to let go of than I thought it was going to be. That's awesome, Kim. Thanks for the transparency because I think that's extremely relatable to 90 plus percent of people that ever do their own business, especially when it's something like this. It's almost uh, it's almost hard to digest. Like I did it. I, I actually turned this into something where I can do this as work. It's I think it's very special for people um, when they take that leap. Now, when you're working with clients, because I, again, this is where I want to shout out your business and where people can find you. Uh, so let's talk about that, where they can find you, but also who is your ideal client? This is a part of the podcast where I think people got to hear and they would know already, most likely if they'd want to work with you. But I think you have the right to say who you want to work with. Uh, there might be certain personality traits that just don't really resonate or maybe people have to be super committed before coming to you. I, I don't know what you like to do. So who's an ideal type of client? What would they look like personality wise? Yeah. Um, and, and to piggyback off of what you just said, and then I'll say this too. Sure, sure. Um, I, I did have a fear around quitting too, or, or, or being transparent, I mean, about having other work, but I actually worked with a business coach and he's like, honestly, it's so glamorized to just like, you know, build and build the plane as you're flying it. He's like, but I think the smartest thing you can do is work until you feel like you can actually let it go financially. Mm -hmm. So you're not like putting that energy into the world. So that was a big changer for me because I was just like, all right, I'm going to own this and I'm going to do two jobs until I'm, I feel like I can let it go. So nice. Um, as far as like who I like to work with, um, most of my clients are between the ages of 30 and 50. I would say most of my clients are women, but I have been working with more and more men. And um, so I'm and I'm, I'm happy to work with both men and women. I, a lot of my clients are dealing with some sort of digestive distress, what have you, and related um, GI issues, you know, as I mentioned, so much is connected to the gut. And so, you know, I work with people who have, uh, you know, chronic constipation, chronic diarrhea, IBS diagnoses. Um, but then also like those conditions that we are learning more and more tend to be connected to gut dysfunction. So I see a lot of anxiety, depression, and migraines and fatigue. Those are some really big ones that I see. And so, um, I talk a lot about gut health and its connection to everything. I would say most of my clients fall within that bubble with some of those, you know, I don't even want to say secondary conditions because they're not secondary whatsoever. I never would have said a migraine is a secondary condition at the time, but, um, those connected conditions to that. Okay. And then in terms of maybe, uh, you know, the, what they bring to the table, are you someone that maybe some the reason I'm saying this is some FDNs have more of that coaching background while others, you know, would prefer someone to kind of be in the right mindset already. So is your preference to have someone that's like, Hey, I'll do whatever it takes already. I just want to know what to do. Or are you someone that kind of guides them more from the coaching side with those lifestyle changes? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I think there's a bit of mindset that does go into it, but I would say most of my clients and the clients that I tend to resonate or resonate more with me and my style is, is like, they just need the guidance. They maybe need some mindset, you know, you know, sometimes we have a conversation about that to point them in the right direction, but once they have the ball, they're ready to pick it up and start running with it. Roger that. And I, I think that's pretty fair, right? A lot of FDNs, even my kind of myself included, I prefer the mindset to already be there because that's how mine was. And then yeah. if you need help additionally, we have like a million referrals we could give someone. So it's, it's all yeah. good. It's, it's better for everyone to do what they feel strongest with and resonate with most. That's kind of the most effective thing. So you said you're very active on Instagram. I'm sure you have a website and stuff. Where can people find you if they'd like to get connected or possibly work with you? Yeah, um, I am. Uh, my Instagram handle is just Kim.Hines. So my first name dot last name. Um, I, and if you follow me there, I actually do have, if you have migraines, I have a whole PDF guide on migraines about six underlying root causes that might be your doctor may not have explored related to your migraines. I've got a gut healing guide too. So reach out and, and ask for those if you'd like. Um, I love my website is kimhines.com and you know you can book a free consultation right there on the website if you are interested in learning more about how this approach can help you. Very cool. Thanks for uh, the team, Tracy specifically, for sharing the Instagram handle. We do have that on video for people. And then, of course, uh, we'll have it in the show notes. If you're listening on, listening on audio, you probably already saw it. Kim, my final question for you today, because I doubt that I asked this since we were doing 
more of an intensive last time on just one lab test. Could be wrong. Either way, I'd still like to hear the answer. Our signature question on the show is if we could give you a magic wand, and now we're talking general health, not just gut, not just migraines, but if we could give you a magic wand, you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health. So you could choose to either force them to literally do one thing, or you can force us all to stop doing one thing. What is the one thing that Kim would get them to do? Believe, believe no matter how long you've been dealing with whatever condition that you're dealing with, that this is possible for you too. As Evan said early on in the podcast, I was told at age 28 by a doctor that I was going to be stuck dealing with chronic migraines, said you need to accept the fact that this is going to be your life. And here I am at 42, 14 years later, and I haven't had a migraine in close to six years. And so if I didn't, if I had accepted that fate that day, who knows where I'd be right now. But the fact that I didn't accept it and I continued to believe that there was a solution out there, you know, I'm I'm working a business that I love with clients that, you know, make me choke up when I talk about them because I'm so excited about them and and I'm I'm pain free and doing all the things that I love to do. And so I it all comes down to if you can just continue to believe and keep certain, you know, don't give up hope. I think that is something that I, I wish everybody could 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 do. I'm always, well, first of all, great answer. I'm always amazed that after 270 something episodes, people have unique things. And I, I love that you brought that up. I don't think anyone's ever said that before because, you know, someone can misinterpret that to think it's just uh, the mindset woo woo side and grant you placebo is very real. But I think what you meant that as, and correct me if I'm wrong, and then we'll finish up. There's a practical side to this, right? Because if you don't believe that you can heal, you're never going to take the steps of someone that ends up healing. You just say, oh, this is it. I take my medication and I stop, right? So belief's very practical oh, in healing. You need to have that to take the steps. It, it, and it's practical in everything. I mean, you think about it from the, if you have to become an FDN, you have to believe that you're going to graduate to, you know, graduate high school or graduate college or to to get a job, you have to believe you're going to, you have to believe so that you apply so that you get it. You know what I mean? Like it really, it is very, very practical. And then you keep showing up for yourself, even on your worst days, because you believe that it's possible for you too. And I'm not special. Um, it really just comes yeah. down to just keeping going, keeping on, keeping on. <laughs> That's why as um as many facts as we share and as much science as we do, that's why we always start with the stories because uh, literally the stories are meant to instill that belief. When they hear from someone like you that's been told these things, that was dealing with this for decades, that's a very real and natural belief that starts happening in us where you start wondering, huh, I wonder if I could do that too. Um, So thank you for having a wonderful mix today of the story with the science. Uh, another amazing episode. I'll drop your HTMA one in the show notes when we are doing the pre-recorded, well, sending out the recorded version of this so people can see that. I'd highly recommend it as a follow-up. Kim's just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, we appreciate you being yeah, here with us. Thanks today. for having me. It was great to connect with you again. And thanks for, for listening.